Hello and welcome to Victoria's Living Christian Center's Victoria's Living Podcast. Victoria's Living Christian Center is a church that strives to stand for goodness and is committed to encourage and show a better way. A church whose vision is to see God's people living a victorious life. This is accomplished through community outreach, education, healthy living, and support groups while still providing spiritual growth. Our goal is to meet the needs of man, spiritually as well as naturally. So welcome and enjoy. Amen. We have our very own Prophetess Patrice, who will be leading us on tonight. Prophetess, can you hear me okay? Amen. Let me just unmute you here. Amen. Praise the Lord, Pastor John. Come on in. Everyone, just come on in. We thank God for our speaker on tonight. Prophetess, you have to unmute yourself, dear. Oh, I didn't know I was muted. I apologize. That's okay. All right, let's see. All right, so we're all set here. Amen. There you are, Prophetess. Everyone can see you now. And we're going to go ahead and let you start. We're going to open up in prayer. Let us bow our heads. Father, we thank you for this time. We thank you for this opportunity. We thank you for this gathering. Father, we pray in the name of Jesus that you would use our speaker on tonight, that she may give us more information, more intel, and just teach us more about you, God. We thank you for watching over us throughout the day. We thank you for covering us with your precious blood and joining us together. Father, we bind all distractions. Father, we pray, all draw our hearts and our minds in to hear what you have to say. Father, we pray that you anoint her afresh, give her strength, God, give her virtue right now in the name of Jesus, even in her tiredness, Father, use her mighty at this time and in this season. Father, we thank you. We give you praise, glory, and honor in Jesus' name. Amen. Go ahead, prophetess. <clears throat> Amen. Good evening, everyone. <clears throat> oh, I do apologize. Uh, we today, we are, <clears throat> excuse me, we will be uh, focusing our studies on um, this week's, um, week number nine leadership lesson, John the Baptist. Leaders aren't afraid to call out the phonies, but this lesson is going to be, <clears throat> excuse me, a little different. Normally we'll take a scripture and we'll read that scripture and we'll expound on that, but John the Baptist is a little unique because he's all over the Bible. So we want to start with... Um, the actual prophecy of Isaiah, um, excuse me, the actual prophecy of John the Baptist, and that is in Isaiah 40, chapter 3. I'm going to be reading a lot of uh, scripture, so I have it on my computer, so I don't have to keep flipping around in my Bible. So if you just want to listen or you want to flip to it, I'll give you a little time to do that. However, like I said, we will be referencing a lot of scripture today because this story is interesting about him, but also the prophecy. And a lot of times, we don't think we have purpose because, um, you know, we, we look at how 
we see ourselves and how other people see us. But in this story with John the Baptist, we can see how his birth and his life and what his what his assignment was and what his ministry would, would be was prophesied. And it was like uh, 2,700 years before he was um, before he was even born. So Isaiah chapter 40, verse three says, the prophet writes about a person in the desert who prepares the way for the Lord. This prophecy foreshadowed the life of John the Baptist who played an important role in preparing the groundwork for ministry of Jesus Christ. Jesus was born shortly after John the Baptist. Now, when we go to chapter, um, excuse me, the gospel of St. Luke, chapter one, verses 11 through 16. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was startled and was gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son and you are to call him John. He will be a joy and delight to you and many will rejoice because of his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He is never to take wine or fermented drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he was born. He will bring back many of people of Israel to the Lord thy God. Mm, wow. Now we're going to jump over to the gospel of, of Christ. We're going to stay in St. Luke. I do apologize. Chapter 1, verses 57 through 63. When it was time for Elizabeth to have her baby, she gave birth to a son. <clears throat> her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had shown her mercy, and they shared her joy. On the eighth day, they came to circumcise the child, and they were going to name him after his father, Zechariah. But his mother spoke up and said, no, he is to be called John. They said to her, there is no one among relatives who has that name. Then they made signs to the father to find out what he would like to name the child. He asked for a writing tablet and to everyone astonishment, his name is John. Before I move on to his ministry, we all know the, the story um, when Mary, Jesus' mother, went to go see her cousin Elizabeth. And Elizabeth, the baby hadn't moved and um, she had been barren. It was a miracle that John, that she had even conceived John. So when Mary walked in the room, um, Jesus was in Mary. And so by them being together, you know, it, it was like John knew who Jesus was and the baby left in her in her womb. And so that is so interesting because he recognized who Jesus was even in the womb. His life was foretold. There was a prophecy on his life. He had a true ministry and calling to, to be the foreshadow for his cousin, Jesus Christ. So we see that in the gospel of Mark, excuse me, gospel of St. Mark chapter one, verse one through three. John is starting to prepare the way. The beginning of the good news about Jesus, the Messiah, the Son of God, as it is written in Isaiah the prophet, I will send my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way. A voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord. Now it talks about, um, you know, we always laugh about uh, John's appearance and how uh, <clears throat> he ate, he ate up the honeycomb and he was in the desert and, you know, he was shouting out, you know, repent, repent, you know, for, you know, he's basically telling people to come and to, he's preparing the way of the Lord that they need to repent of their sins and to be baptized. But 
I was so interested by him preparing the way he went all over the country. And this country was um, Jordan, preaching and baptism of repentance for forgiveness of sins. And it's written in the books and words of Isaiah, a voice of the one calling from the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. And he wore, you know, he wore crazy clothes and, you know, he lived out there, but his ministry it was, I find it so interesting that his ministry was in the wilderness. And sometimes we cannot be afraid of leaders to go to the wilderness where the people, where it's scarce, but where people are in a bad place. The wilderness where people are struggling, people are addicted to drugs, people are struggling in the wilderness. And sometimes we don't want to go to the wilderness. We want them to come to us, but it is our job to go to wherever they are, to go to the hurting people. And so this example that John was in the wilderness telling people to come to be to be repentant, he was in that dark place right there with people in their wilderness. Because they say the wilderness, but when you think about it, people are coming to be baptized, they're in the wilderness. They're in a dark place, they're in a bad way, they're, they're, they're being sinful. There's, there's things in life that, that are not going correctly. And we all know that when we have that, when we have that valley experience or we have that, um, um, the prodigal son experience, or we have that, you know, that foxhole prayer that we won't do anymore. We ask God to forgive us, and then we come and repent. We come running to the altar, you know, to, for God to change our lives, to be to change us in a new way. But I just love the fact that He was in the wilderness with the people, calling out for repentance, calling for people to be baptized. So in uh, in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter three, verse 13 through 17. Then it says, then Jesus came from Galilee to Jordan to be baptized by John. But John tried to deter him saying, I need to be baptized by you. And do you come to me? Jesus replied, let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness. Then John consented. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went out of the water. And at that moment, heaven was open. He saw the spirit of God descending like a dove and a lightning upon him. And a voice from the heaven said, this is my son whom I love and in whom I am well pleased. And I often use that scripture to, to talk about how that we have to be, that, that we have to be prepared before we go into ministry. And we look at that, 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 that John the Baptist, he was the foreshadow. He was coming the way he was opening the way for Jesus to come, but he goes to Jesus to be baptized. These two cousins who, who were, who were, were, who met in the womb are now are here in this pool of water to be baptized and Jesus is asking him, you know, I, I need to be baptized. He says to fulfill all righteousness in that baptism that John performed on Jesus, that it says, um, the voice of heaven says, this is my son in whom I'm loved and whom I am well pleased that Jesus received his affirmation. He received his confirmation from his father in order to move forward in ministry. A lot of times in the church, we always look at people to affirm us and to confirm us and sometimes that person is not mature enough to do so. In this case, John knew exactly what his purpose was. He knew exactly who he was. So he did what he was supposed to do, the part of his ministry to baptize Jesus and his father affirms him. A lot of times that if we're not affirmed or confirmed, it can, it can cause us to feel some kind of way because we answered the call, but we're waiting for it to be affirmed and confirmed. And God is telling all of us, this is my child 
you are my daughter, you are my son, and whom I love and who I am well pleased. Sometimes we wait for that, that affirmation. And sometimes when we don't receive that affirmation, it messes us up and it, it halts us, it stops us. It puts a pause on the, on the call of our life because it, it's a distraction because there's people who aren't mature enough just to see who we are or they see it, but they can't handle it. So at this point, they decide not to recognize you. Amen. I had to put that little sidebar there because that is real in the body of Christ. And there's many, many people who are still suffering from church hurt because they were not affirmed or confirmed whom they thought who was their spiritual mother or their spiritual father. And it's caused a lot of damage and, and people leaving the ministry, people leaving the church. And so I had to say that because it's very, very important as a leader that you are always praying, asking God to show you who the people are, who you minister to, who you who are under your leadership and who's coming to you. New people who come, you ask God to show them who they are in them. Not what you want them to be, but who they are in them. And that way, God is going to bring you that person to do the specific thing that you might not even know that you needed. Amen. So we look at that and we have to just be really careful when we talk about being um, being leaders. And, you know, when we want to mentor people and be their, you know, their their father or mother in Christ, that we don't guide them the wrong way because we have our own issues and we have our own hangups, but we were mainly have never been affirmed by our biological or stepfather, whoever. So we have to be mindful of that, that just because someone doesn't affirm you or confirm you does not mean you were not called by God because God, if you were called by God, he's already confirmed and affirmed you. Amen. And I know that in, you know, in referencing to people being licensed and wanting positions and titles that there's some protocol that you have to do in the church. And sometimes, you know, it might not be, you might be called, you might have answered the call at that ministry, but it might not be where you're supposed to serve. Mm. Amen. 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 I'm, I, I just punched my own self in the mouth. All right. So when we look at um, the baptism also, we see that in John, the Gospel of John, chapter 10, verse 39 to 41, it says, again, they tried to seize him. This is when <laughs> the Sadducees and Pharisees, you know how they were. They were always hating on people, and they could not believe that here this man is baptizing people. And so he had to call them out. So it says here that, again, they tried to seize him, but he, he escaped the grass. And Jesus went back across the Jordan to the place where John had been baptizing in the early days. There he stayed, and many people came to him. They said, though, though John never performed a sign at all, that John said about this man was true. So he talks about Jesus, and he tells us to know that Jesus is on the way. But what's so interesting about uh, when the title... Of, of this lesson about, you know, leaders aren't afraid to call it the phone is that when we look at, it says um, in Matthew 3, 1, 10, it says, but when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees come to his baptism, he said to them, oh, generation of vipers who has warned you to escape from the wrath to come, therefore bear fruit worthy of repentance and do not think, say within yourselves, we have Abraham as our father, for I say to you that God is able for these stones to raise up children from Abraham. Even now the axe is put to the to tree roots. Therefore, every tree which does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. So he's looking at the religious, the religious um, leaders, Jewish leaders, um, 
of that day. And, and, and we know that they came against Jesus and they also came against John the Baptist because basically like, who are you? You know, you know, you're not following the law, but remember we're not good at this point. They're still following the law, which they're supposed to eat and they're supposed to follow it. But at the same time, they were making it, they were making following the law a religion as opposed to following the God that they serve. They were no longer serving God. They were, they were, they were, um, backbiting on people they were criticizing people but then they were being hypocritical themselves and we see that all through the new testament so when we look at the gospels all four gospels recognize in john the start of the christian era and each in his own way tries to reconcile jesus i mean john's presence in time and jesus acceptance of his message and of baptism of repentance from his hands with and all the authors believe that Jesus as the Messiah, the Son of God, the Gospel according to Mark presents Jesus as the hidden Messiah, known only to a narrow circle, and John as the one to come first to restore all things, but who also remained hidden and suffered death with little acknowledgement of his true status. Matthew and Mark, excuse me, Matthew and Luke are thought to further develop Mark's narrative. The gospel according to Matthew um, identifies John as the new or returning Elijah, herald of the kingdom of God, Matthew 3. For Matthew's John's, um, John's death like that of Jesus illustrates the old Israel hostility to God's offer of salvation. I'm gonna stop right there. So we know that when we talked about how the Sadducees and the Pharisees were always Trying, you know, they were they were angry about about Jesus. How come he knew what he knew and who he thought he was? And he was, you know, he was practicing uh, a teacher. It was the Sabbath, and he was working on the Sabbath, and so on and so forth. But at the end of the day, they were so afraid of the salvation because that I mean that was all inclusive. It wasn't just the Jewish sect; it was all inclusive. Sounds familiar? That now we're dealing with diversity, all inclusion, and it's even in the churches today that Sunday is considered the most segregated day of the week because of, of religion, because of tradition, because of uh, places of um, regions and, you know, in the South and, and so on and so forth. So wow. we look at that, that how even today that, that the enemy, the enemy, the enemy wants to separate us and, and cause us to hate each other because the way we look or because who we pray to. Mm or who we love. At the end of the day, God's grace is sufficient. God's grace is all sufficient. Salvation is all inclusive. He said, whosoever, if we call on the name of Jesus, and we say that we believe in our heart that he's our Lord and Savior, that we are saved. It doesn't say, well, if you're black with curly hair, you're saved. But if you're white, bald-headed, you're not saved. It doesn't say that. I'm sorry, Pastor John, I mean, a reference to the bald head. But um, I... <laughs> But at the end of the day, that salvation is all inclusive. And so these Sadducees and these Pharisees do not want people to come to God. Because at this time, they don't even know who Jesus is yet. They don't even, they knew that there was a, a, a prophecy, a reference to the Messiah, but they didn't recognize that the Messiah had already stepped foot on the earth. He was already here. They missed it. And sometimes people will miss who you are based on their prejudice, their prejudice against what you look like, what you drive, where you live, they'll miss out on a blessing and not even know who you are in the spirit. 
not in the, not in the flesh, not the way you look, but they'll miss the, they'll miss the spirit of you. And that's what attracts people. Our spirits attract people, not our titles, not what we do, not how much we, we make or what we do for a living. That doesn't attract people. It may some, but at the end of the day, when we look and talk about heart to heart, breast to breast, and dealing with, with um, people who, who want to be saved and dealing with new Christians and even dealing with the old saints, that it's a, it's a heart issue. That our spirit, they have to understand, they have to recognize our spirit. Mm -hmm. If our spirit is confused and all complex, they're not going to recognize it. And they're going to be like, whoa, it's too much confusion. I don't know if you ever walked into a room and you don't know what happened in the room and you, or you feel something strange and you, and you trying to figure out what's going on and your spirit doesn't feel right because there's something wrong in that room. There's something, there's a bad spirit in the room. Not saying it's a bad person, it's a bad spirit. And so when we look at John the Baptist, his leadership, he was so humble. This man was so humble. He didn't want to take credit for anything. I mean, when you look at what he did, when you looked at the fact that loud crowds, crowds came to hear him, you know, his birth was basically, it was miraculous. You know, he baptized Jesus. I mean, how many people we know with titles will say, man, I need Jesus back when I baptized him. Like, da, 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 da. And they get to bragging about what they had done, how they was cousins with Jesus. But when you look at John, every time someone tried to make him seem to be the Messiah. He said, no, I'm not the one. He said, it's not me. I, it is not me. And so when we look at him and that he was so, um, quote unquote, as you can say, unorthodox, because he was different. He was in the wilderness and he, he, ate, he ate honey and he just, you know, he was out there, you know, calling for people, you know, to repent, but it was in, that was his ministry. That was his purpose, was to pave the way for his cousin Jesus and to bring others into salvation. Mm -hmm. That's our job. Our job is to attract people to salvation, to want to be saved. That's sheep. our job. I'm sorry? Sheep begets sheep. Right, that's our job. But if we don't smell like sheep, we can't attract sheep. So that when we look at, not only was this man humble, you know, he paid people no money. He called spade a spade. He didn't, he didn't try to go along and get along. He called it what it was. You know, he told, you know, he told him, y'all are brutal vipers. Basically, y'all are a bunch of hypocrites. He's trying to do a job and they're trying to, to point him out and to say he's not who he is. And so when we look at the attraction of spirit upon spirit, that, that his, the, the spirit that was in him that, that we talked about from Isaiah, how he was, he was prophesied to come into the earth. And that even though his mother was barren, and that even though, even though Elizabeth and Zachariah couldn't figure out the name of the child, Zachary, you know, the tradition was to name him after the father. The mother said, no, his name is to be John. And so we look at him that he's called He's prophesied to come into the earth and then he's born. His birth is a miracle. And then he goes into the wilderness to do his ministry to, to pave the way for Jesus because salvation is here. The Bible never says, okay, there's a cutoff now. Now we're going to go from the Jews to, to the Greeks. And now, you know, we're going from the law to grace. The Bible doesn't spring up that way. It just moves. 
And it was time that that the world is included, the, you know, because the Jewish, you know, they're the chosen people. But it got to the point where they were so busy following the law. And not only that, the Israelites were being so disobedient to the God, they said they love and serve. And so God said, okay, this is salvation. Jesus died for all of us. So that even with the baptism before his ministry, which was only three years. So that means when John baptized Jesus, he was 30. But he had to be affirmed and confirmed before he went to ministry. But, he, but God used John to do it. He was already baptized and he was getting used to baptizing. But that was his calling. His calling was to baptize for salvation, for people to repent of their sins. That was his one job. And that's what he did. And so when we see that, we look at his life, he talks about when people come to him, that there was a dispute um, and they wanted to investigate. There was a rivalry in reference about Jesus' ministry and that of John's. And so that John answers them basically you know, with these, like with these spiritual principles, because he, they were trying to compare Jesus to John and you can't compare the two. They're two different people with two different purposes. It's like me trying to, me trying to, to compare myself to Pastor Ruth. I can't. She has a different purpose than me. I have a different purpose. All of us have a different purpose. We cannot compare each other and the gifts that God has given us, nor should we be ashamed. If God gave it to you, is you better use it. You always hear the, 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 um, the saying says, I want to die empty. We should be trying to die empty. Everything that I have should be poured out to the point where I, I don't have nothing else to give. My work should not says, don't let them catch you with your work undone. Don't let it be said too late. I know we know that song. He's coming again so soon, but at the end of the day, what are we doing for our purpose? And then what is stopping us from doing our purpose? Because John was clear. He was focused, he was fearless, and he set the tone. And when people try to compare him to his cousin, who Jesus, who was Jesus, he said, a man and woman can receive only what is given from heaven. I can't give you anything. Mm. People say, that person laid hands on me and they touched me and they did, no, that was God. God, God used them as, 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 as the tangible, but the spirit of God did the healing, right? And then he says, I'm not the Christ. They were trying to compare the two. He said, I'm not the Christ. He said, I only, I am only sent ahead of him. My purpose is I'm only sent ahead of him. That's it. And then I'm out. That's all I'm supposed to do. And then he says, the bride belongs to the bridegroom. Every time he keeps denouncing, when people keep saying, oh, because, you know, he didn't believe the commentary. A lot of people like to read their own headlines. And so John is not believing the headlines that are said about him. He said, my joy comes from attending the bridegroom and hearing his voice. I'm not the bridegroom. He, mm -hmm. he must become greater and I must become less. As we talk about it, when people are preaching, goes, you know, let me decrease so he can increase. That's where that comes from. That came from the gospel of John. That came from John the Baptist's mouth. I'm going to decrease because he is going to increase and I'm getting out of the way. This is not about me. It's about him. I'm only sent before him. Hmm. He does not take any ownership 
of his message or his mission. Mm. He doesn't say my ministry, I'm baptizing, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. He didn't know self-promotion. He didn't, he didn't depend on being popular when people were you know, praising him for baptizing, people being saved. He didn't even get into that. He said nothing. Even Jesus praised John. Even Jesus praised John. So when we look at the leadership qualities of John, yep, he was quiet. He was ministry focused. He didn't let anyone get in his way. He didn't let the, the, the commentary of the day, the gossip of the day, what was said about him on the internet, whatever. He didn't let none of that affect what he was doing. He also knew who he was. Amen. A lot of times, people who believe who are not affirmed as children, and I know we all know this, that they grow up with that orphan spirit. And so they, they're, they're looking for affirmation from all places. If I get too close to this one, but I love this person, they're my da-da-da-da and they don't get affirmed. Then they go to this person, and they don't get affirmed. Then they go to this church, they don't get affirmed. But it's not even so much just the church, it's just affirmed and confirmed as a person. Mm. To be recognized as someone who, who is a good person, who has, has good deeds to do and has purpose in life. Everybody wants to be loved by someone. Mm-hmm. Everybody wants to be close. Yes, we're close to Jesus, and Jesus is our father, but on this earth, as children, we should have had something in our life to have a stand up tall and say, I am. You know, I am a child of God. I am somebody. I am black and beautiful. All of that, that our children need to be affirmed by us. Because if they're not affirmed by us, they're going to be affirmed by somebody else. And that somebody else is, is not going to have the same vested interest or desires for good outcome for your child as you would, right? Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so when we look at, this is, <clears throat> this wasn't a hard lesson. It was a lesson that showed me about understanding who you are. Mm-hmm. And what was so important to me about John and what I learned is that he knew who he was. They call him John the Baptist, but his mother named him John mm-hmm. because she was told to name him John. But the prophecy over his life, there's one coming. He's going to be the forebearer. Mm-hmm. He's going to pave the way for salvation and for Jesus to come. And that no matter what, he never he never looked to the left or to the right from his assignment. That was so, I thought was so important about him in reference to leadership that he knew who he was. He didn't bow down to those who criticized him. He didn't even engage. He just told them about themselves and kept it moving. And then when people tried to praise him, he pushed back like, whoa, whoa, I'm not it. I'm not the Christ. It is not me. And we have heard too many times leaders get puffed up 
in their church side, their, you know, the television ministry. And they say a lot of things about themselves, like they're so great, like they're sitting on Jesus' lap getting getting one-on-one instructions. And we later find out that that's not true. But everyone is, people are so hungry for truth. John preached the truth. Leaders teach the truth. Preach the truth. You don't put add no words in, you do not subtract, and you do not add. You have to stay to what God calls you to do. If your gift is preaching, and then God gave you the, the, the gift of entrepreneurship or counseling, and you let God work that out how it's going to be. You can't be all over the place all the same time. You just can't. So eventually, some people have grace to do all that, but that's called growth. God grows you into that. But in the beginning, focus on your ministry. Focus on the call of, God, the call of God on your life so that people can understand that you're standing flat-footed and they can trust you. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> they can trust you and, and believe what you're saying. That you're not saying something one time this week and the next week you're saying something else and then one week you're doing something else and then another week you're doing something different. I don't want that kind of salvation. If that's what salvation looks like, I don't want that. Because people want truth. People are tired of being lied to. They already think preachers and leaders are crooks anyway because of their experiences. Not because all of them are but because of their experiences. And so we want to be like John. We want to know who we are. We want to stand flat-footed in our ministry. And we want to understand that no matter what someone says about us, I know who I am in God. You don't have to like me. He didn't didn't talk about, he never said, oh, they don't like me. He called them like, look, y'all are hypocrites. Eventually, his life was such a threat that John was killed. And if we notice that in the Bible, those who suffered for Christ, those who did the work of Christ, they didn't just fall asleep and not wake up. Some of them just went away, like Elijah, just went away. But John was beheaded. John was beheaded. And this is in, I'm going to read uh, Mark chapter 6, verse 23 to 28. And he promised her an oath, whatever you ask, I will give you up to half my kingdom. She went out and said to her mother, what shall I ask for? The head of John the Baptist, she answered. At once the girl hurried into the king with the request. I want, I want you to give me right now the head of John the Baptist on a platter. The king was greatly distressed, but because of his oaths and his dinner guests, He did not want to refuse the girl. So he immediately sent an executioner with orders to bring John's head. The man went, beheaded John in the prison and brought back his head on a platter. He presented it to the girl and she gave it to her mother. Some of the apostles were hung upside down that the that the work that we do, the work that you do, for Christ, you will suffer. It's not all running and shouting and prophesying and oh, I receive and you know, 
but the work is hard. But we have to stay focused on God because he is he gives us our direction and our purpose for our ministry, whatever he wants us to do. And if God says, no, stop doing that, I want you to do this, you do that, you don't waver. You might give explanation to your congregation what the Lord told you to do, you do that. But everybody else, you don't have to explain everything to everybody because everybody doesn't have the relationship that you have with God. So why should you stand there trying to, trying to explain yourself to people who don't even have a relationship? who might even wear a collar, look just like you, but they don't even have a relationship. So how will they understand what it's like when God says, no, go this way, go to the left? When he told Abraham, he said, I want you to go. I'll let you know when you get there. He didn't tell him, pack two bags, get your camel, get your donkeys, go, and I'll tell you when you get there. Wow. And Abraham went. So we have to be able to Focus on our ministry and understand who we are and what our purpose is. He knew his purpose. He had one purpose only, to prepare the way, to baptize. He baptized Jesus. And eventually, he ended up in prison and beheaded. Because see, when you are a threat to people, they're coming after you. But, you. but it shouldn't matter. Because if I'm a threat to you because of the God I serve and, and, and for the God that's in me, mm, I'm sorry. I make no apologies. You cannot be apologetic about who you are in God. That's all I have for tonight. That was phenomenal. Thank you so much, Prophetess. Awesome lesson on tonight. Anyone have any comments or any questions for Prophetess Patrice? Anyone want to share anything? That was phenomenal. He was purpose-driven. He was definitely purpose-driven. And he had a one yeah, was... I'm sorry, go ahead. Huh? Go ahead. Oh, no, I was saying I'm, I don't really have much to share, but that 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 was a really good lesson. I, I enjoyed it. I love, love John the Baptist, and I love, you know, like you said, his humility and his, he knew his assignment. He knew, you know, that he wasn't the Messiah. He wasn't trying to be, you know, the Messiah. He was, he knew and understood his assignment and he did it well. And he stayed in his lane. He, he knew his way, his assignment was to prepare the way. And that got easily confused for some people, you know, thinking that he was, he's like, no, I'm just here to prepare the way. For the for the for the Messiah, he understood his assignment. He stuck to his assignment. He didn't allow flattery because you know people can flatter you to the point where, though you may have started off knowing your assignment, the flattery of people can cause you to get in trouble and and veer off and veer away from your assignment. And um, pride and everything will allow you to, to veer off. And he didn't allow that to happen. He stuck to what he what he knew. And so yeah, uh, yeah awesome lesson i appreciate it definitely stayed in this lane mm -hmm. and stayed focused and didn't compromise and didn't take down he didn't care what people thought or how they felt he just continued to go forth that's very good anyone else have anything they'd like to share or say to our dear sister it was an awesome lesson, Travis. 
Okay, no one else? Uh, I'm looking in the chat, we have in the chat. Awesome lesson, Prophet Patrice, that's what uh, Prophet Tina said. All right, we thank you so much. Once again, you have any closing remarks, Prophet, before we adjourn? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I think that um, we have to set realistic expectations for ourselves that we know deep in our heart where we are with God. And we also know what we need to work on. We also know what we're doing pretty good at. But I wanna challenge us to look at the things that we know we still need help with. It's not about announcing it to a friend, passing a note, it's not about that. It's about getting before God and dealing with some stuff with ourselves. Because this world, this world is special. That's all I'm gonna say. I'm not even going into all that. Mm -hmm. But there's some mighty work for us to do. But we still have to continue to grow in Him and learn the things that need to be corrected by Him to us. Make sense? Yes. So that we're not going before the world or going before the saints or the or the unchurched, those who want to be saved and bleeding on the people. Because all of us got stuff we're dealing with. It could be from childhood, whatever, that we need to knock those things out one by one just so we become stronger and better. And so that that thing about that not being affirmed doesn't take us out. Does that make sense? So, the, I mean, that was one of my things that it hurt me because I just came out of rehab and I, and I answered the call and then, you know, they said, you know, all of a sudden it's like, no, like, what do you mean? No, I did this for five years. What do you mean? No. Mm -hmm. And it broke me. It broke my spirit. And it took years. That's right. It took years of crying and trying to figure out and what is wrong. And people kept saying, you need to go where you are firm, where you are affirmed, celebrated and not tolerated. But I didn't want to hear that the bottom line was that I knew the cost of the yes. Mm. I knew what the yes cost to me. So if I said yes, <laughs> not to have to be his best friends with the pipe, then how dare you tell me I'm not? You know what I mean? Yes, I do. So that so we have to look at those things and still deal with those things because we don't want to transfer. We don't want to inadvertently bleed on people by accident. And it doesn't have to be something that big. But I know it was for me. And for years, I got I just stayed quiet. I just I just pulled back. I just pulled back. And I didn't want to do ministry anymore. I don't want to do it no more because I was humiliated. It was a big thing. It was a big, big thing in a big, big church. Mm. 
and it crushed my spirit. That's when I realized I had the gift of teaching and I taught. But because the teaching was popular, it made some people mad. You know what I mean? Mm. So when we look at ourselves is to just be, have realistic expectations of what we're dealing with within ourselves, go before God. And each thing we write them down, whatever, and have God to deal with them one by one. Because leaders, leaders need healing too. Amen. Leaders need healing too, because we all hurting from something. Whether it be from yesterday, today, or 50 years ago, we don't know. And some of that stuff, you don't even know you, that you're deal, still dealing with, because you don't even know what happened to you. Or you don't know you feel that way until it's presented to you. So my, my thoughts and, and my prayer is that all of us look at the stuff that needs, that's broken in us, that needs pruning and needs to be healed so that we can have effective ministry. Not popular ministry, effective ministry. Anybody can be popular. Effective ministry. That we're teaching, we're counseling, we're loving on people who are broken. That is my last thought today when it comes to leadership. That thing is real for me when it comes to healing for leaders and that we had well, an effective ministry, not a popular one. And then I'm really done now. <laughs> I'm so glad that God took you through what he, you, you went through as far as the affirmation. You know, one thing that you said that you, I mean, we, we same story. We have the same story. And I'm so glad that you were able to hold on to God and that you didn't allow what you experienced to stop you. Because look at you now. I, I mean, you're effective. It, I mean, popular, that, that that's never was a thing of, of, of something that we wanted anyway. You know, we wanted to be effective. We wanted to make a change. We wanted to reach somebody. If it's not, but just one soul, just reach someone that you can convert or, or, or bring to Christ. And I'm gonna tell you, you you're an awesome teacher. Definitely anointed. Yeah definitely anointed and you know this is your baby i knew no <laughs> this is you this is you i'm sorry i this is your baby <laughs> no no you ain't got three more people to go <laughs> no. see now you just sat up there and all that you just said that you trying to back out uh-uh nope because I, I, I enjoy listening to you teach. I enjoy how you present, how you present the lesson, mm -hmm. how you build up to the point. I mean, everything is, is perfect. It's, it's wonderful. You are an awesome teacher. And, and, I, and mm -hmm. I thank God that you didn't allow what you went through to stop you. I mean, there's more in you, definitely more in you besides teaching, but I'm glad and I'm grateful that you didn't allow people to stop you from going forth, forth and going further in ministry because, you know, that affirmation thing is no joke because I experienced the same thing too. I, I, I 
ran over here trying to get affirmed, ran over there trying to get affirmed. And I got to the point, I said, you know, it doesn't matter. God, you called me. And I believe you called me. And that's, that's it. That sells. I'm not going to worry my head or run around, try to figure things out. I'm just going to go ahead and allow you, God, to lead me and order my steps. And here we are today. So I, I thank God for you, Prophetess. Um, Pastor John, you want to say something? I, I thank God for her as well. And I thank God for, for the fact that, like she says, she recognized her teaching gifts. You know, you, you like you said, it may not have been popular and some people might not have wanted to receive you, but see, you teach truth and there's always going to be those that do not want to receive truth because they find themselves wrong in it. They find their errors when you teach truth. So, but that's all you could do is just keep teaching the truth, teaching the truth. And I, I, I appreciate your ministry. I really do. You, your teaching is phenomenal. Hmm. You're muted. I can't hear you, uh, Prophetess. No, I just said, bless you. I, I, I'm speechless. That's all I'm going to say. Amen. So with that being said, does anyone else have anything else they want to say or anything they want to comment? Um, concerning the lesson anyone have any questions something that she may have said that you didn't quite understand now is the time i know um sister royale is not on our zoom she is on the facebook live and she said awesome oh bless you sis <laughs> she said awesome so um with that being said we're going to go ahead and dismiss um elder joya can you dismiss us please Father, we thank you for this class. Father, we thank you for allowing us to come together once again to learn of you. Father, we thank you for the lesson that was taught on tonight. Father, let us not be doers of your, let us not be hearers of your word only, but let us be doers so that this word may not fall flat. Let us hide this word in our hearts. Father, let us apply everything that we learn as leaders to our lives. Let us not get caught up in, the affirmation and, the, and the, the opinions of men, but let us focus on you, Father. Let us keep our minds set on our assignment. Father, we thank you for the teacher on tonight. Father, we ask that you would continue to use her mightily. Father, we thank you for her obedience. Father, we thank you for her sacrifices. Father, we ask now that you would even bring healing to her body, Father, from the crown of her head to the very soles of her feet. Father, complete the healing process in her. Father, I pray that you would even mitigate and remove any pain that she may be feeling in her body, even now. Father, in the name of Jesus, Father, we pray for her healing. Father, we pray for strength, Father, in the name of Jesus, as she continues to walk in obedience to the assignment that you have placed in her hand. Father, I ask that you would cover her under your blood. Father, cover this prophet. Father, cover her family. Cover her friends, those who are attached to her. Father, cover them in your mighty name, Jesus cover them under your blood. Father, we rebuke the hands of the enemy. Father, we rebuke every demonic assignment that is uh, that is sent towards them. Father, we come against them now. We come against every witch, every warlock that will speak mm -hmm. against their lives right now in the name of mm -hmm. Jesus. I ask right now that you would sweep through their house. Father, <clears throat> I pray in the name of Jesus that you would 
Remove every chaotic spirit in the name of Jesus, Father. Bring peace to their home, peace to their finances. Oh God, peace in their children, Father. I pray that you would drive out every spirit of darkness that would even try to speak to their minds and speak to them as they're sleeping in the night. Father, I pray that you will send forth your angels from a third heaven to be at guard mm. around every corner of the house, every corner of of the rooms, oh God, I pray that you will sweep through the attic, sweep through the basement, Father, sweep through the closets and under the bed, every dark space, Father, light up with your light in the name of Jesus and keep your angels there to walk through the house in the name of Jesus. Father, keep them covered, keep them covered, cover them as they go back to school. Father, we bind sickness and disease, Father, we even by COVID that would try to attach themselves to them, oh God. In the name of Jesus, Father, look after our pastors, Pastor Ruth and Pastor John. Father, keep them covered under your blood. Father, I pray that you would even strengthen them even now and honor them for their sacrifices, Father. We thank you for every member at VLCC, those who are here and those who are coming. Father, we thank you and we give your name the praise, the glory, and the honor. Father, keep us as we sleep through the night. Father, let there be peace. Oh God, as we sleep, Father, let us get rest. Father, we bind every insomniac spirit. Father, we bind stress. We bind worry, anxiety, and fear. Let us get let us get sweet rest. Father, we even come against the spirit of depression. We come against the spirit of suicide in the name of Jesus. Oh my God. We come against it now in the name of Jesus. Father, give us a peace that will surpass all understanding. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 We praise God once again for his goodness and his mercy. We thank you guys for joining us on tonight. We pray that you get a good night's sleep. And those who can join us tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. for our 6 a.m. prayer. If not, we'll be back again on next week for our Bible study. God, good night to each and every one of you. We love you. And until we meet again. Bye-bye. Bye. Amen. Love y'all. Amen. Next week is Jesus. Ooh. Yes. Uh -oh. <laughs> y'all pray for me. Ooh, that's <laughs> Next week is Jesus. Leaders uh, are servants. Woo. <laughs> Say what, what is it? Leader what? Leaders are servants. Mm. Remember what I posted today? Serve mm. somebody. Serve somebody. Mm. All right. Ooh, that's going to be a good one. Mm. All right, guys. I love you guys. Thank you all so much for love you too. Just trust in me. I, I really, it means the world to me. It really does. It does. It really does. All right. I'm going to go try to get some sleep now. <laughs> See you in a couple hours, Pastor Ruth. <laughs> all, right. all right. Good night. Good night. All right. Good night. Thank you for joining us on tonight. We pray that you are encouraged and inspired. If you desire to be a blessing to the ministry, you may do so by sending a love gift to www.paypal.me forward slash VLCC or through our cash app, which is the dollar sign VLCC Life. We also invite you to stop by our website by clicking on the link. May God bless you and may your day always be victorious.